Hello, my friends. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you with uh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We're coming to you just moments after the Dallas Mavericks defeated the New Orleans Pelicans 125 to 107. Josh, how are you? I'm doing good. And how are you doing, birthday boy? Thank you. Thank you. I am yeah, the ripe old age 37. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm going to look up Dirk's stats in the middle of this podcast and, and when he was 37 and, 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 <laughs> and see if I can, you know, duplicate those stats. Um, you know, it was a nice win. Uh, just to, to kind of recap what happened, the first quarter was a little dicey. Uh, Josh Richardson was, um, he came in with the reserves, I think is what we'll say. I don't really think it's fair to say that he was benched. Tim Hardaway is just playing so outstanding. It's kind of hard to keep him on the bench. Um and the Mavericks had sort of a slow first quarter, and then in the second quarter, Luca um, decided to play basketball and was outstanding from three, and the game was over by halftime. Uh, the Mavs scored 77 points in the first half, and then uh, the, the Mavs really kept playing their starters for a while. They, they just continually outscored. the. Uh, they only scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, and they won by 18. So it was just, it was one of those games where, you know, the, the, I mean, they were an astounding, eh, I guess they were only 15 of 45 from three. Um, but they, they just really beat the crap out of the Pelicans and, and the Pelicans were missing, uh, four of their five starters. So yeah, it's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. A bad team missing most of their good players, uh, which you could say the Pelicans were, uh, they, so the Mavs did what they were supposed to do. Um, first quarter wasn't the best, you know, giving up 30 points to this Pelicans lineup is not great. Uh, but then, like you said, they scored 45 po- Mavericks scored 45 points in the second quarter. Lucas scored 17, I believe 17 of his 33, uh, finally kind of woke up because I think he did not look great in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, just could not seemingly get going. And it kind of felt like a continuation a little bit of that Memphis game, but it was great to see him, kind of explode three started falling and he was seven of 15 uh from three i can't remember the last time he took 15 threes <laughs> well, it's been a while he took some bad ones yes, in the late did. third and then the fourth and and i think you need to unleash your your, your thought that was, <laughs> that was in our slack which i'm just astounded it's it's my favorite take uh, in a meaningless not meaningless but game that was over in a while just love it go go forth uh, well <laughs> Based, I think the Mavericks had a 30-point lead entering the fourth quarter, and Luka mm-hmm. played the first half of the fourth quarter. I mean, he was in the game <laughs> with like 6.50 left in the fourth quarter on the second end of a back-to-back. And I'm just sitting there like, why? And then I kind of was thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Because this would be like a totally Rick thing to do. My take is that Rick was punishing Luka for his efforts last night against Memphis and I guess you could say his efforts um, Monday, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning in Memphis. <laughs> and there's part of me that thinks that uh, this was like the NBA equivalent of a public, sh- like a public sprints, like making someone do sprints at the end of practice when you're in trouble on the basketball team. We just got to see it uh, in person and it just kind of felt like, you know what? You want to go out you want to party and then play like butt uh, Tuesday night uh you can you can run a little bit more in the fourth quarter and you don't yeah. get, you don't get a break uh as so, much of a break and that's my take it's worth noting that josh is referencing an unconfirmed but <laughs> probably accurate assessment of a team dinner 
in Memphis that went late into the evening. And And for anyone that watched the Memphis game, Luca looked like he had been on a barbecue across Tennessee tour. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even like I'm. I'm mainly serious about like the food thing. Like he looked like he had eaten at Five Guys and then tried to play <laughs> in the, in a game. Like it wasn't like a hungover thing. It was like a like man, this this dude is is playing with molasses, and it was bad. It, it, so so I I really love this take. It will be unverified, and and just to be completely clear. We are going off of pure supposition based off of some things that, you know, Memphis people talk to me. <laughs> I got some notes and um, I have no reason to disbelieve it. And then, hey, ESPN's Tim McMahon conveniently pointed out that the Memphis bars do not close until 4 a.m. local time as well. Right, so, so. It's, it's just enough for us to make a good joke out of this because, yes. uh, you know, we're so used to COVID restrictions and mm-hmm. since these guys are all vaccinated, it makes total sense that they probably want to hang out. Oh yeah, and this is to be clear, this is like nor- like pre pre pandemic. This happens almost every night. I mean, oh god, yes, like, yeah, yeah. Like they, they these, these guys, guys are, are social. Yeah. It, it was just that that Memphis game. Luca looked like butt, and they're yeah. you know he came out and really looked good tonight, and kind of. Rick played him through it, and that was really funny. And and man, I'm just I'm glad they won. <laughs> yes, um, and it's funny. I know people get really mad about like, oh, they went out. I mean, yeah, it sucks that they went out, and or we think that they went out and they played like butt. But I think it was Zach Lowe who talked about it. Like, I remember I heard this on one of his podcasts years ago, and he was like, think of it this way: like an NBA player's work day, like on a game day, is like basically from like five to like eleven. Or whatever, right. and he's like, think about when you go to happy hour as a normal person. You go to happy hour like an hour, two or three hours from the time your work ends at sure. five. So think of it like you know an NBA player going out from midnight to to two or three a.m. is like the equivalent of us going out from like five p.m. to to eight p.m. or whatever, you know, and getting a drink. So that that stuff never really bothers me, but it is funny, and it's like the only thing I could think of why Luca was still on the floor because why why else would he be playing in a twenty five plus point game second out of back to back? But uh, that was funny. I'm glad they won. I am um, too. I think there's it's kind of funny. Uh, this is a really nondescript game from the sense of like obviously the Mavericks needed it because they still have not clinched being out of the play-in yet, but they are very, 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 very close. One more win or a Lakers loss this evening. Uh, if that happens against Houston, they're in the second quarter. LA's up by four or five, but we won't know by the time this podcast is done. You'll know. Um, so it's really close, but it, so for a game, but otherwise, you know, the Pelicans were playing like almost not an NBA roster. And it was kind of hard. Like, what are we going to take away from it? Well, Kristaps came back, and it was twofold. Kristaps came back, and then I was like, what's the starting lineup going to be? Mm-hmm. And it was a different lineup than I anticipated. Uh, you want to get into that? Because I think that's the main thing to talk about this game. Like, Kristaps came back. We can talk about how he looked. And then I knew that there was going to be a possibility of Richardson hitting the bench, but I did not expect necessarily this exact lineup. Uh, yeah, well, three. talk about I- – I want you to explain why you I don't I'm not sure I entirely understand what you mean about the lineup stuff. So oh, let's go just, ahead with uh, that and then we'll yeah. pivot into kind of KP directly. I'm not surprised that uh Kristop started and Richardson went to the bench for, for Tim Hardaway Jr. What I'm surprised is that Maxi didn't start and Dwight Powell started because it's usually been if Rick has plays two bigs this season, it's been Maxi KP. 
so I was su- surprised about that. Uh, but I guess I shouldn't be because I think Max, I think he swapped out Maxi for Dwight before Kristaps had the knee soreness and the ankle sprain. So I guess I shouldn't have been too surprised. But also, uh, the 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 center and then Dia, Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, that lineup was killing it while uh, KP and Maxi were both out. Uh, it helps that the Mavericks didn't play any beefy teams. You know, they played Miami, Brooklyn, Cleveland twice. Uh, not teams that start a four that gives you trouble um, necessary, or at least trouble on the inside, like a physical presence. Like Dorian can match up with Kevin Durant at least physically uh, at the four, which is, I think, what Brooklyn rolled out uh, on Thursday, uh, on May 6th when the Mavs beat Brooklyn. So I was wondering if maybe, you know, this New Orleans team only played one big at a time and they played basically, you know, a, a, a normal forward at the at the four spot with James Johnson, former Maverick. And I thought, well, maybe he'll do, you know, Dorian at the four and keep Richardson in the lineup and also start Tim Hardaway Jr. and then just play one big with Kristaps. But he went with the two big lineup and he went with Powell instead of Maxi. So I just, I don't know, I thought that was interesting. This is a lineup we haven't seen consistently since last season i think because this was like before pal got hurt this was like the lineup uh last season if i if i remember correctly so the, the starting lineup right so i don't know it was interesting what do you what, what are you i got thoughts too i mean but I'll, I'll kick it to you first well as far as richardson goes yeah. i think he's been inconsistent enough to where he needs to be flexible um yes, yes, I, yes. I hope for the best for him because when he's feeling right and he's active on defense he's very impactful yeah he does but, stuff no one else on the roster because mm-hmm, he's got good hands and he has good instincts but i think the conservative elements of the defensive scheme can really limit him um the kp stuff is interesting to me because i thought he looked good offensively i am an asshole about the fact <laughs> that he let me see here also i love that he came back on your birthday that's yeah that's, that's great the, that's and the i should know like, together no one noticed this i mean well no me i'm no one because i didn't tell anyone it was my birthday until today uh but i just didn't make the connection until later but I'm really glad that other players like Nicola Melli ended with a, a plus minus in the negative because Porzingis hanging out with a negative one while the Mavs are up 30 was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious because he is so valuable as a piece, but not as, as part of the forefront. And nothing you know, single game plus minus is garbage, but he got absolutely owned by Willie Hernan Gomez. He was scored on at the rim repeatedly. He is not moving well on defense, and I want to give him time to get back into that. That's the part of, of the game that I will say he needs to establish rhythm. Nothing drives me more crazy when he has like a five for 15 game and people are like, well, he needs time to establish his rhythm. I'm sorry. He gets open shots. Like he missed two open elbow jumpers with no one near him. Like that's, he's better than that. And I believe that he'll be fine. Defense is where he just needs reps and teams are not afraid of him. And that should be something that causes, I want to say concern, but has to be kind of on the, the, the scouting report, because if he's going to be on the floor, teams can't shoot 62% at the rim, which they do. So, 
I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a mixed bag because, it, you know, it's not like Powell and Maxi, who, you know, really, we're not even talking about Maxi. Maxi is is completely useless unless he's hitting three pointers. Like, like there's just the elements of this team. If they come together at the right point in time, they're going to just murder everyone they come up against. And that's what makes this so funny is they're just such a, a house of cards to an extent. And yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, KP, you know, this is about what I would expect from him coming back for the first time in, you know, about a week or whatever it's been with the knee soreness. Uh, 19 points on 14 shots. He was efficient, but not as efficient maybe as he would like. He looked Only really good early, and then he faded. Yeah, And he that's did. what I don't understand. Like, he's just got to find some consistency. Well, I think the thing that's hard for him to find consistency is that, as I've said, and I mean, I really, maybe I'll get to this before the playoffs start when we have some time. I need, I really need to write about this. Uh, the consistency thing, I think, comes from the fact that his offense is all jumper. I mean, he all he does is shoot jumpers for the most part. And if he gets dunks and layups and at the rim, that's almost all assisted shots off the pick and roll, off cutting, off Luca, And that's fine. But otherwise... It, he's taken jumpers and how many times have we seen him get the ball, you know, in the elbow area and drive. And you're like, Oh, is he, he he might have a step. And then he kind of stops and takes Mm -hmm. like a, like a 14 footer. And sometimes he makes them. I mean, he was seven or 14. He made a few tonight. They were beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's obviously part of his game and he's pretty good at it, but he just, you don't get to the free throw line doing that. Uh, unless you've got like a really assorted bag of tricks like someone like Dirk did and he you know right. he doesn't have that because i mean he hasn't had an off season in like <laughs> like 3 years he did some pretty cool stuff though like yeah. early in the first quarter he had a dive and seal and got mm-hmm. fouled and scored where it was like this is it this yeah. is it and then he hit a pull up jumper and got fouled while going right I feel that's very important to note because that man loves dancing like the Carmelo Anthony in him is very frustrating. So it's just like they're I just don't know how to talk about him. I make everyone mad when I talk about him. <laughs> you you kind of saw the, everything from him tonight. Yeah. Like the hot start, the fading, the bad defense, but then just the fact that like there are moments when he's on the floor that it's just you could just feel that the the game is different for the Maverick, like in a good way. Like he just changes things just by standing there. And it's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely crazy. Maybe that's why he drives some of us crazy because it's like, man, if you have this much of an impact just by being someone who is just kind of standing in around and hanging around the three point line, like just imagine if they could maybe get him going a little bit more consistently, but, uh, but for first game back, I guess it's hard to complain. Yeah. Yeah, much. I, that's that's kind of where I am too, and I think we should. Uh, it's great because I'll host a locker room after this, and people are going to be pissed because, like, I mentioned this to somebody else in a, in a different Slack channel today. The people who tend to join the Slack channels are like my kind of people, and I say that in the sense of like very like pragmatist, bordering on bitchy, and <laughs> so they just they're kind of, they're like ah Kirk you know person that can dunk on K- and so i'm i end up being kind of like the guy's like well you know kp was fine or you know like i'm like end up being like the more positive person in the chat which is just not my mo so it's it's pretty funny the way that sort of stuff goes but you know i i gotta say you had a tweet in the first quarter which i thought was hilarious and it was 
fun fact, you know, all five of these starters were on the team in 2019. <laughs> yes. They all watched Dirk's final game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the thing, right? That's part of the angstiness online. That's part of why people are a little grumbly. That's part of why people don't have as much patience because they've I mean, if this is the starting lineup they're going to roll out for the rest of the season in the playoffs, it's going to be absolutely wild that they're going to start a playoff game and they've basically made zero tangible improvements to their starting lineup uh, from the end of 2019. Because these are kind of the guys that were starting, you know, besides Kristaps, obviously, and Tim Hardaway got hurt uh, at the end of 2019 season. But yeah, it's just... I think that's why the I think that's why people get really upset and frustrated online because they've just kind of seen these guys a lot, uh, and it's mm. and it's not like these guys you know it's not like Dorian Finney-Smith is a twenty three year old tenth overall pick who you're like okay I want to see him you know you want to see them this group go together like they've they, they, if, there's definitely elements of like have they tapped out their potential because a lot of these guys are in their late twenties um, so yeah I, I understand why that's frustrating but I mean also. Thank God, you know, Powell is rounding into form. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's crucial. And if these hey, if these are the best guys, you know, you gotta roll with it. And I've done a complete 180 on Tim Hardaway Jr. So um, holy holy God, that guy is like I'm ready to say some wild things about him if he keeps it up. He's he is quiet. I, I don't even know if it's quiet anymore, but he is just becoming like the second most indispensable player uh on this team, it feels like. Um Maybe I'm overreacting to a really good stretch of like 10 games, but man, uh, he is everything they need right now in terms of a secondary score next to Luca. Well, and you mentioned Dorian earlier, and Dorian had a, had a, a bit of a bounce back game. He only took and hit one three, but, but Seth Partnow on The Athletic today with a back and forth with our former editor, Tim Cato, wrote like they're kind of talking about various Mavs things. And one of the things they talked about was Dorian's ability off the dribble in the last 20 games, Dorian has done some stuff off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like he scored at the rim th- at least three times tonight off of like straight line drives that he could not have done, f- you know, three years ago. So it's just, there, I don't know. I'm I'm just in this very weird place where depending on the matchup, I'm either going to be, extremely bullish about the Mavericks or just despondent <laughs> the playoff stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, this season has been really hard to judge this team because of all the external circumstances that have kind of derailed the season. Um, and even during this good stretch, you know, Kristaps and Maxi missed a lot of games and it's like, well, things are going to change when they get back. Like, so it's been hard to get a, a total read on the team and, mm-hmm. They played a lot of garbage teams in the last three weeks. And that also, you know, it's good to get the wins and that says something, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to tell you how good they're going to do in a playoff series against the Clippers or, or the Nuggets. So it's just hard to get a read. And that's part of, I think that's another part of the angstiness and I'm kind of with it right there with you. I just want to see, like, yeah. I've been ready for the playoffs since like the beginning of April. Uh, Cause I feel like I just seen what I need to see out of this team. Uh, and I just want to know, like, man, Dorian Finney-Smith, look at his game log. Uh, look at his assist totals the last 10, 15 games. Like, 
three assists, two, two assists, two assists, three assists, three assists, four assists. Like he's making the plays off the dribble that he has to make if teams are going to put their center on him and give him the Tony Allen treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we'll see because like doing the, you know, getting four assists or, or three assists in a game against Cleveland and uh, a 25 point game against Cleveland is not the same as a playoff game against the Clippers or the Nuggets. Yeah. So you want to be like, you know, good on him for, for playing as well as he's playing because he can only do what he, you know, he can only do what he can do in the moment. Uh, he can't change what the schedule is like or, or, or anything like that. But there's just that element of, for me in the back of my mind, like, okay, now you have to prove it. You, you've had a really great regular season. You got to cap it off with, with a, by carrying over, you know, at least 70 or 80% of this in, in, into the playoffs. Uh, and then I think you could say that about almost every guy on the roster, except for Luca, because Luca brought it in the playoffs last year. Like Maxi has a big playoff series coming up after what happened uh, in the playoffs last season. You know, Powell didn't get to play in the playoffs because of his injury. You know, Kristaps yep. only played like two and a half games. Like uh, Hardaway Jr. kind of had a really rough end to the to to the playoffs last year. Like all these, he's got you know Brunson didn't play in the playoffs either. He was hurt too. Like, and neither did Willie Cauley Stein. <laughs> um, like, there's a lot. There's a lot that this team there's a lot of like, Hey, you got to show me now, like in the playoffs that we just can't answer right now. And that can be frustrating. But in the meantime, high on up wins, get as much rest as you can and and we'll see what happens. Well, we'll see where things go. Okay. So this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh, but be watching these, the, like the, the damn trash can Utah jazz are going to lose to Portland. So Portland's going to stay in fifth tonight. The Jesus. Lakers are playing the rocket. The Lakers are playing the rockets and probably going to beat the rockets. And this is just going to go down to the final game. The Mavs play uh, again on Friday. Josh and I'll talk to you after that, I think. And then Sunday, uh, it says TBD, but I'm pretty sure the game against Minnesota is going to be like early afternoon. Um, which could which could be kind of fun. Uh, my son's not seen many many Mavs games this year, so I may be able to trick him into watching one. Um, so we'll be talking about stuff. I will go. Is tomorrow's Thursday? Yeah, I will go live on Locker Room Friday during the day, uh, so we can talk about some of this stuff. Uh, but after this, uh, you know, you'll you, later on in the day, probably sometime Thursday afternoon, I'll post the the Locker Room, which I'm going to host after Josh and I are done. This has been fun, Josh. Uh, you got anything else? No, except uh, I'm really, I don't know why, but I'm really nervous uh, about Anthony Edwards on May 16th. Who should be? Minnesota They're playing a lot game. better. I know. Uh, I, feel, I feel really stupid, but that's. I just wanted yeah. to put that out into the universe just in case. No, well, you know, we're here. All right, guys. It's been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We will talk to you guys in a couple of days.